Come on, Sister Felicia. Sister Sandoval. Can we give that to the Lord? Thank you, handmaiden. Need the Monday night sniffle bubble. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I don't want to forget that. And I just wanted to say that I would honor my mother. She's not here today. We can turn to First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse fifty-eight says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Bishop, if you could pray for the Lord. Lord, you know the way she preaches to me at home all the time. <laughs> Lord, let it manifest right here. I'm just playing. God, you know all the time and work that she's put into it, God. You see her efforts, God. You see the desire that she has, Lord. She is unwavering. God, she is a submitted vessel to you, Lord. I ask that you'd anoint the word that goes forth this day. In Jesus' name we pray. God is good. I am so nervous. So I just want to speak to you for a few minutes um, on the title, Know That Your Labor Is Not In Vain. In the scripture, uh, steadfast, it says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Steadfast means sedentary, settled, firm, and immovable. Immovable means not to be moved from its place, unmoved, and firmly uh, persistent. Abounding means be the better, enough, and to spare. Exceed, excel, increase, be left, remain, to exceed a fixed number of measure, to be left over and above a certain number of measure. And then labor in that scripture means toil, as reducing the strength, weariness, a beating of the breast with grief, sorrow, intense labor, united with trouble and toil. 
when I began to pray and prepare for this message, God gave me one thing. He gave me one name, and it was Rachel. So I began to study Rachel. Rachel had to endure some things before she gave birth to her promise. We first encounter Rachel in Genesis chapter 29. But before we get there, a small backstory of what was happening prior to chapter 29. Jacob was with his mother, Rebecca, and they deceived Esau out of his blessing by cooking a meal that Isaac requested Esau to make. Isaac was older and losing his sight, so Jacob dressed up like Esau and made the meal and ended up with Esau's blessing. So Esau gets upset because this isn't the first time that Jacob deceived Esau. The first time was for his birthright. So in chapter 27, Rebekah hears Esau say after he mourns his father that he's going to kill Jacob. So she tells him to flee to Laban, her brother, in Haran. So this is where we pick up in chapter 29. So it's Genesis chapter 29, verse 1 through 6. Genesis chapter 29, verses 1 through 6 says, So Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. And he looked and saw a well in the field. And behold, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks. A large stone on that well's mouth now all the flocks would be gathered there, and they would roll the stone from the well's mouth, water the sheep, and put the stone back in its place on the well's mouth. And Jacob said to them, My brethren, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. They said, Then he said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. So he said to them, Is he well? And they said, he is well. And look, his daughter Rachel is coming with the sheep. Now Rachel was a shepherdess of her father's sheep. She was about her father's business. So when Jacob first met Rachel, he was smitten by her. The Bible says that he kissed her, but he didn't kiss her because he was smitten by her. He kissed her because he was greeting her. <laughs> and he wept. And he didn't weep because he was so in love with her, but he wept because he found his mother's family finally after that journey. So a little bit further down in Genesis, Jacob told Laban that he would work seven years for Rachel, which the Bible said that it seemed like a short time for him. But when it came time for Jacob to take Rachel, Laban gave him Leah instead. So we see Jacob waiting and working for his promise seven years. Once Jacob realized he was given Leah, of course he was upset. But then he agreed to work for Laban another seven years. So Laban gave Rachel to Jacob. Fourteen years he labored for Rachel, and Rachel waited for Jacob. They both remained steadfast and movable. 
We have to be steadfast and movable while we wait on our promise to be fulfilled. Now, Rachel had to be discouraged watching her sister marry the man that worked seven years <laughs> to marry her. <laughs> so we go a little bit further down in Genesis chapter 29. When God saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb. And she began to conceive, and she had Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. But Rachel was barren. This was another enduring period for Rachel. By this time, Rachel's patience is running out. In Genesis chapter 30, starting at verse 1, when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, and her sister already had four sons, she envied her sister. She began to blame Jacob, telling him to give her children or she's going to die. Because being barren in that day was a disgrace. It was a, it was a sign of dishonor. While we're waiting on our promises, it can seem overwhelming. But sometimes we may feel like we can't even live unless we have it. We can even get to the point where we start to blame those that are closest to us. But if we can remain steadfast, immovable, and wait for God's timing, the result will be greater. We go on in Genesis chapter 30. Jacob tells Rachel, who am I, God? God's the one that's withholding the fruit of your womb. So instead of Rachel waiting on God to fulfill her promise, she gave her maid, Bilhah, to Jacob to marry and bear a child for her. Bilhah went on to bear Jacob's uh, two sons, Dan and Naphtali. The Bible doesn't indicate this, but could it be that she threw off the timing of her promise? We don't know for sure. In Genesis, uh, we're going down a little bit further in chapter 30. So the rivalry of Leah and Rachel picked up again. When Leah saw that Rachel's maid was giving Jacob children, she had to take action. Leah took her maid, Zilpah, and gave her to Jacob to marry, and she bore Jacob two sons, Gad and Asher. A little bit further down, Reuben, who is Leah's firstborn, went out to the field and he gathered some mandrakes. So I looked up what a mandrake is. A mandrake root is a root that looks like, they say, a newborn baby and is believed to increase fertility. So when Rachel saw that Reuben had the mandrakes, she told Leah, that she would trade a night with Jacob for those mandrakes. She was so desperate. So Leah lay with Jacob again and bore him two more sons, Issachar and Zebulun, and then a daughter, Dinah. By this time, Jacob had ten sons and one daughter, and none of them were from Rachel. It's easy for us to look at what others have and say, man, God... Have you forgotten about me? I'm still here. I remember when Pastor Sandoval and I were trying to have children and how, how long it seemed, how heart-wrenching it was. And Pastor Ruth, I was one of those at the altar. I was begging God to give me children. I was doing everything I knew to do, but it just wasn't God's timing. 
in Genesis chapter 30, verses 22 through 24. Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. So she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord shall add to me another son. The Bible says that finally God remembered Rachel, that he listened to her. He opened her womb and she conceived. Reproach in that scripture comes from a Hebrew word, kerpa, meaning disgrace, rebuke, reproach, shame, and taunt. So she named her son Joseph. Joseph means he will add or Jehovah has added. She was so confident in what God had done for her in lifting her reproach that she proclaimed that God would give her another son. If Rachel had not remained steadfast and immovable, there would be no Joseph. And we know that Joseph went on to become the second in command under Pharaoh which in, would in turn be the saving of his family from the famine. Joseph was Jacob's favorite son, just as Rachel was Jacob's favorite wife. Joseph himself had to endure a few trials before his promise was fulfilled. But Joseph learned to be steadfast and immovable from both his mother and his father. Even when you don't think your children are watching, they are. What you do in the natural has a ripple effect. Your actions not only affect you, they affect your children and the people around you. There are going to be times that you want to give up. But First Lady, don't give up. Our labor and endurance will be worth it. It's not in vain. Almost done. I used to be a runner. I don't run much anymore, but I remember when I ran my first half marathon. For those of you that don't know, a half marathon is 13.1 miles. I had, always, I had always heard of hitting the wall, but I hadn't experienced it until this day. It was around mile 10. It's like my mind was running but I looked down and my feet were taking baby steps. <laughs> my body felt like it just wanted to stop. And out from the sidelines there came a volunteer. And he, I mean, he took one look at my face and he knew I was done. <laughs> but he grabbed my hand and he said, you can do this, you got this. And it was at that moment I began to realize that I could. I had put so many hours of training and hard work that I knew I wasn't going to quit. I only had three miles left. So I wiped the tears that had began to stream down my face and I kept going. That simple, you can do this, gave me the push that I needed to finish that race. God will send people in your life to encourage you. It could be your fellow brothers or sisters. It could be through the preached word. Or who knows, God may have sent me here today to encourage you. Don't give up.
<laughs> Prophetess, it's my honor to hand the mic off to you.